Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast, the Nerdy Podcast, hosted by two northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And this week we've got a guest who isn't a northern nerd. We've got a southern nerd today. And um, <laughs> it's a very lovely lady that helped me get in, getting into streaming and podcasting. And I'd say she'd give me loads of advice at the start, which was very welcome because, to be honest, I didn't have the foggiest what I was doing. Uh, it's the lovely Emily. So, uh, hello, Emily. Hello. <laughs> so, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you do? Because I know you, you are a huge nerd in, in your own right. And You've got a lot of different uh, fingers in pies, shall we say? Fingers in pies. Um, so, can you not? <laughs> um, sorry. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm a streamer. Um, uh, I stream all sorts of games. I don't just like stick to one game, but I like to play stuff like Skyrim mostly, um, Sea of Thieves, stuff like that. Um, I also have an Etsy shop because I make stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I like to make like, um, st- uh, like handmade notebooks and stuff that look like spell books. Um, oh! Yo! <laughs> I'll show you some. <laughs> oh, my stream. <laughs> I'll grab some in a minute. They're just above my head. Um, uh, yeah, all sorts of things. I'm a gamer. I, I, I love films. I love reading. I try and do everything. Uh, I spread myself far too thin. So yes, yeah. <laughs> Paul, make sure at the end, make sure on the video you put all of our links. I'll, I'll do my best. There's, there's quite a lot. <laughs> quite a few. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and I know Emily launched something this uh, this year as well with the lockdown situation. She was involved in an online gaming magazine, which I think there's been a few issues out now, hasn't there? Yeah, the Gamer Guide. We've got three issues out now. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, bi-monthly, so it's every two months. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because we're all like still working full time and everything, and we're all streamers as well that do it. So we don't have a whole lot of time. So we've done it every two months just to like not stress ourselves out <laughs> but yeah it's really, really good yeah mm-hmm. no i remember like i um like i say when i saw it get launched i've, I've like I say i think i've read the first two issues and it is very professionally done like i say i know um like i say i shouldn't come as a surprise i know you you are like as you said very professional and everything that, that, that i've seen you do but that magazine was um like i say a tip top and like i say i know i've I've worked in web design and graphic design and it was far above what like say I've seen in a long time. So well done for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My contribution. Well done. <laughs> Skyrim never ever played. I mean husband loves it. Um, but it's quite is it quite fitting for today's topic? It's like it's, it's very fun. It's fantasy. fantasy. It's mm-hmm. hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, today's so today today topic is, today is, is Topic is Paul's worst nightmare. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I do enjoy the Lord of the Rings uh, saga, shall we say? Or how would you describe the trilogy? Or now the Hobbit came out? Is it because I know with Star Wars you would describe it as a saga, but how would you describe Lord of the Rings? A trek. It's still a trilogy. It's still a, tr- a trek. Lord of the Rings is its own thing, and then the Hobbit's its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. I have um, the song. The, the one of the main songs stuck in my head and had it stuck in my head all day. Because <laughs> I do listen to the soundtracks 
Me too. It's so relaxing. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Especially when you're in Hobbiton and you can hear Gandalf just humming and <laughs> humming along. Yeah. I love it. I love it, but I have I've had the main song stuck in my head all day and it's taken everything in me not to burst out into song. <laughs> everything. <laughs> We'll, we might get a performance out here later. So, Maybe. <laughs> yes, today's, today's big nerd talk is all about the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings. Now, not the books, because I am very, uh, I haven't read them. I'm actually <laughs> in the middle of reading them at the moment. Oh, so I have them right up there. I'm halfway through one of them, and I am terrible when it comes to fiction. You give me a biography, true crime. I'm into um, death at the moment. So that's, uh, you give me anything to do with that and I will read it straight away. But when it comes to fiction, I struggle very hard to like stay in it. I enjoyed and the I really books. Th- yeah, I didn't like say, didn't hear them. Like I've read them a few times. Uh, I think I first read them when I was about 11 or 12. Um, I, I got picked on mostly at school for reading them, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> Has been uh, the, the closet comic book geek uh, living in Raya. I had to be so, um, but yeah, I, like I say, but <laughs> you need that on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing that kind of threw me a little bit weird differently the books than other things was uh, there's a lot of songs and a lot of like little ditties that yeah. uh, are in the books that again, probably for the time, was something entertaining, but to me, it, it kind of threw us in. I didn't really exactly like them. I skipped a few pages whenever there was a little rhyme and little when when they were going on the little walks. Um. I'm the opposite. See, I like little stuff like that because that's attention to detail, Mm -hmm. and that's what Tolkien is amazing at. I am a huge Tolkien. Like, I love Lord of the Rings, but I love that man's brain more than anything. Me too. I have my Tolkien jumper on today, my signature Tolkien. I was going to wear my Arwen necklace, but my, the chain on it broke, <laughs> so I couldn't wear it. <laughs> I was half expecting you to wear the, like Albany is or something, Emily. Like, <laughs> I was fully. You know what? I have. I have a. It's, it's technically a dark crystal one, but like it's a green poncho, and I was like, oh my god, it looks just like the ones the hobbits wear. I was going to wear it, and I was like, no, I'm going to overheat. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> So before we get into it as well, I know Sam uh, likes to do a little disclaimer just so that uh, we don't get much hate. (laughs) It's just to say that all of these thoughts are our own. And please do not come for us in the comments or on Facebook if you do not like what we say. And I say that with a lot of love because everyone is entitled to their opinion. And that was it. (laughs) <laughs> That's, I, I, literally, I normally have it written down what I say. Mm. Basically, we're just trying to keep toxicity out of fandoms. Let's just be, let's just be, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind. Kind in, yes. You can tell I have not come prepared today because <laughs> I said to myself, I am going to just, this is Lord of the Rings. I can talk Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I don't need my, I don't need my notebook, but my notebook has my disclaimer written on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we get started as well, can you believe it's been 20 years since Fellowship of the Ring came out? I know. 2001. Now that's going to make us feel old. old. (laughs) I need to ask, ask, have you watched the reunion video? Yes. 
Oh my god, I literally cried the whole cried, time. Cried, cried from start. They were like, finish. Oh, yeah, let's get Elijah, Elijah in that in. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. And then they got, they got Ian in, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then they started bringing in all the others, and I was like, okay, no, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, bro- what broke me more was when Liv Tyler still remembered her dialogue and still mm. did it verbatim and oh, I was yeah. sobbing my heart and she had a she had a sword too and I was like oh. I'm convinced that she's an alien yeah because she just doesn't age just, no she doesn't <laughs> she, she looks exactly the same she uses the secrets of Paul Rudd that's what the thing the both vampires her and Paul um, Rudd never age so can you remember when Fellowship of the Rings came out I remember being very excited at college when they announced it because um, actually I think Empire Magazine done a big spread on it and what was going to do. Um, I think they announced it as the unfillable film will be filmed. Um, and unfillable film. That's the one, yes. <laughs> Smile. Uh, but... <laughs> I was just going to let him crack on with it and see how far he got. <laughs> Sorry, I'm used to stuttering, so it's fine. But uh, yes, uh, so that was the big spread. And um, so when they announced Peter Jackson as the director as well, because that was a complete left field, um, especially the director yeah. of Brain Dead doing this epic. Um, and especially going to split it into three films. Everyone said it can't be done in three films. There's no way it'll be made. Um, I think going back at the time, um, it, it intrigued us because I wanted to see, like, say what was going to be. And like, when it came out, um, you couldn't get a seat in the pictures. It was booked out almost impossible, like, say, especially for the fellow, Fellowship of the Ring. And I remember going to see it with my dad at uh, Bolden Cinema. Uh, next to where, like uh, next to where I live now, really. But um, me dad, being me dad, fell asleep halfway through, snoring his head off. <laughs> That's my dad all over. But seeing it on the came big... out was it ninety nine? It came out. Uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. Oh no, it was started the... filming. Mm. Yeah. No. Was it the same year as Harry Potter? Ooh. Possibly. I'm sure it was the same year. I will, I will. It was a close one. It was a close one because that was when all the fantasy films, um, well, after the books, yeah, because then they tried like doing that with a lot of other ones that didn't really make it, make the grade, shall we say. But Harry Potter was a different kind of fish. Like, say, Harry Harry Potter could have been a bad film and still would have made the film money. Harry Potter came out in 2001, so it was just imagine the year. Mm -hmm. You've got the Philosopher's Stone. And the Fellowship of the Rings coming out at the same time. Mm. Fantasy okay. heaven. Two, <laughs> two very separate fandoms, but yeah. very big fandoms as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And very different takes on the fantasy genre as well. There's more kiddie friendly. Um, I'm going to say it as well. Lord of the Rings done the special effects a lot better. I know Harry Potter grew with the special effects, but from the get-go, um, I still... like. I've had a watch... Well, I, I watched The Fellowship of the Ring this week just to try and recapture like how I felt when I watched it and um, the special effects still holds up today and you can't say that for many 20 year old films um, like 
because I think I had the argument on the Facebook group the other day, does special effects or practical effects have a better impact? And I think I said it as well, could, do you think you could make Lord of the Rings 20 or 30 years ago, not realising it was made 20 years ago? <laughs> it's, I think it's just the amount of love that went into it, really. Mm-hmm. Like, like As Peter Jackson said, I think he said that, yeah, it was a AAA film with the budget and everything, mm-hmm. but it was made like an indie film. Mm-hmm. It was made with all the love and care you could possibly give it. Yeah. So it's like I think that's like that's why it shows. Like, even after twenty years, it shows through. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's such a beautifully made film. All it three is. of them are. It is absolutely stunning. Can you remember Emily when you heard about it coming out? No, because I was no. five. <laughs> you were what? I was five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were 19 and 20, Sam, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't mean... I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, my God. You just broke Sam's spirit. I've never never felt the crushing ball like it. You were five. I'm sorry. So so at least, to be fair, you could have seen it. It was a PG. It was a PG, the the first one, when it first came out. Can you you remember what you saw at five years? Five years old. Yeah, the land before time. I've had this discussion. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not oh. To be fair, I was really late to the Lord of the Rings. I say late. Mm. Um, obviously, the books have been out for a long time, <laughs> so everybody's late. But like, yeah. no, in terms of the films, I was really late because mm. I grew up surrounded by people telling me that Lord of the Rings is boring. Right. So I never got the chance to really watch it at home or anything because mm. I was always told it was boring and it was crap. And I was like, oh, but have you seen it? And they're like, no, but it's crap. And I was like, all right. And I just sort of accepted it. And then mm. when I was, I think I was like, oh God, I was really late. I think I was like 14, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was just on, uh, I think Return of the King was on TV mm-hmm. and there was nothing else on. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. So I clicked on it and I was hooked. The mm. moment it came on, I was, just glued to the screen yeah. and I was like this is amazing and I ran upstairs to my sister and I was like you're a liar <laughs> I, like, I hate you so much she was like why she's like it's boring I was like no it's not it's so good and I watched all three after that back to back that sounds like my sister my sister hates it yeah. like hates I, it I, I, I can see Michaela not liking it to be fair no my sister really does not like it we got into a massive fight like me and my sister we're best friends and we got on really well, obviously, as best friends and as sisters, but we had a massive fight, like mm. huge. Like, I, re- I hurt her. It still makes my, it still breaks my heart to this day that I attacked her over this film. Oh, the rings. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But she, but she pushed it and she pushed it and she pushed it. And I just snapped and I, I physically hurt my younger sister and it was awful but that's, um, what, that's what brothers and sisters do though that they, they find well, a that's it though we didn't me and Michaela have a very good technique of arguing we say what we have to say and then that's it it's out in the open that's it it's done it's just it but this was this was too I went too far over a movie <laughs> Over you were moon. passionate. You were passionate. Just passionate. <laughs> I was an idiot. That's what I was. Um, but I, re- I think. Sorry to go on there because no, it was no, quite no, interesting no. where Emily's take uh, about people saying it's boring because it is quite a diverse film when it comes to fandoms as well because it does have a huge following. But even on the Facebook group, the Nerdy Up North Facebook group, when you when you post a topic like what you what you don't like and what 
fandoms that you're not into, Lord of the Rings does come up quite often. I think because, as I said, it's the three... I'm not slated too much. I know you're excellent. It is three very long films, and they're not, like, say, I would say a comfortable watch, because it is, like, say, as I said, hard work to to watch them. You feel physically drained after you've watched them for a little while. It's... I don't want to like because it's not like to insult people who don't like like it, but it's like it's high fantasy. Mm-hmm. So like with Harry Potter, I would say it's not high fantasy because it's a no. little bit easier. You know, yeah, it's yeah. more for kids. You you can understand it a little bit better. There's, it's not too complicated. Whereas Lord of the Rings, there's a lot to it, mm-hmm. and even with the films, like yeah, there's a lot to the films alone. But then yeah. when you read the books and then when you read like all of Tolkien's like excerpts afterwards and all of yeah. that and all the universe that he established, like there's so much to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, people from the outside looking in are probably looking at it like, yeah, nah, that's not a bit of me that <laughs> like, it's a it's bit too too much work. Too involved. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I like that. I like that. You're right. It's it's a it's a commitment. Yeah, that's how I always saw it. It's a full commitment. You go into it with the, you have to. You're not just following one story. Mm-hmm. You no. are following multiple stories that are that are interwoven with each other, but in some ways quite separate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I always thought as as a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I told this story before on the podcast about me finding it. It was a poster. Mm-hmm. It was a promotional poster before I'd even seen anything about it. It was a promotional poster going to be used in the cinema that you saw it at, Paul. <laughs> and I had no idea what it was. And it was my ex who said, because he worked at that cinema, mm-hmm. and he got us tickets. And I saw that. I saw the fellowship probably more times than what I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but I was absolutely hooked. Like, mm. I have never shown emotion in the cinema before up until that point and when the scene with Gandalf that was it I was Mm -hmm. gone but because when it comes to some when I fall in love with something I don't just fall in love with it I fall hard Mm -hmm. and I have to know everything and that just started my little passion but I must admit it did it did fizzle out for a bit Mm -hmm. I did like leave the rings for a long time and it's only been like the last couple of years like I've gone back and just thought it what it still holds up Two, it probably it's my. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, bold statement, but it is my favorite trilogy ever, Ooh. ever, <laughs> because it is that in depth and it mm-hmm. is it's layered and it's yeah. It, it, you're right, Emily. It's high fantasy, yeah. like at its finest. I love it. I'm gonna be controversial here. Say, so which is your favorite film out of the three? Fellowship. Really. <sighs> Yeah, I think I've got, to say, I've got to say Return of the King, though. Ah, so, my, so, we're going to be, so we're going to be different here, because that mind I, I love all three equally, to be honest, but Return of the King, just because it was the first, like, and it's so back, back, back to front, I know, but it's the first one I saw, so it's the one that, like, holds the most, like, yeah. memories. Yeah, it was, like, no, I, 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 <laughs> it was like the gateway into it. Yeah, mine's the Two Towers. So, well, so. That, see, and I understand that as well because Battle of Helm's Deep mm-hmm. is one of the most cinematical, mm. amazing pieces mm. of work ever done. Yeah. The fact that they use CGI, real mm. life, practical, it was all, it's all in there and you can't tell the difference between any of it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's unreal that, yeah, I do love the second, but it's just 
the fellowship that when they when they create the fellowship that that scene alone mm-hmm. is just such an emotional pop. like it i just i can't say it enough i love this <laughs> i love it <laughs> what i love like the the scene in return of the king is when pippin is singing uh, yeah. and it shows like the montage mm-hmm. of like them getting ready to fight and stuff mm-hmm. like that and even then like when i'd first seen it and i didn't really have much an attachment to the characters yet and stuff like that i still felt really mm-hmm. emotional in that moment mm-hmm. yeah when you see all of them like getting ready to fight and them knowing that it's not gonna go well and stuff like <laughs> that it's just like oh so good <laughs> no I, I completely say that again that scene it's haunting that's probably the best way i would describe it because mm-hmm. you can see the people not expecting to make it through like say what, yeah. what's going ahead and with the mad king going all nuts as well um and it's, it's just like say the he was just just, Rondo. he wasn't mad the uh, king. He, he was nuts <laughs> no he was the steward of gondor he wasn't king he, just, he, he was, was just in denial he, he was just a steward <laughs> um yeah. but i think with with mine like i said had the like i said the battle of helm's deep with the two uh, two towers had the interesting aspects as well. It was the time when, like, say, all the different things got split up and they start moving the pieces around the board a little bit more and it started becoming a bit more interesting. Yeah. Because, like, say, there was elements of the Fellowship where I got a little bit bored. Not not saying it's a boring film, but there's aspects where it kind of just goes on a little bit more, especially for film. Book's fine because you've got that layered textures and you can breathe but sometimes with a film you wanted to move it a little bit faster pace but then when they brought the extended versions out that killed it for me (laughs) um it's like said it was one of them films where i didn't want more and i know they keep joking about like i said there's even other versions where there's going to be like five or six hours per film that um that's me tapping out for that one (laughs) but no um, i think for the time though as well this film these films are ultimately groundbreaking and there's nothing being filmed i know they brought the hobbit out which again had its own issues well we'll talk about that in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but but, um the three films has never been topped i think with a spectacle and and the things that they've brought out i know they try to do similar with uh game of thrones um (laughs) i'd say with well, no, the, the, not the film-wise, but the fantasy that to, to bring the element of the Lord of the Rings over three films that'd do over seven seasons as such. So it just shows a hard work that had a. And they still didn't it, do it properly. No. Well, they did up until the like, say, they got bored and rushed it. But that's another. Yeah, that's another. Well, I have already lost my temper with this fan, with this series before. I am not doing it again. <laughs> I need to remain calm because I am talking about something I love. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to have, if you want to listen to me have a massive rant about Game of Thrones, go back and listen to our favorite TV, our top five um, TV shows. Because for all, it was one of my top five. I still went off on one. Was <laughs> <laughs> interesting, but yeah. Um... In, in terms of like the um, extended cuts and stuff, um, put it in reverse about the stuff they cut out. Like the, I feel like they shouldn't have cut out Tom Bombadil. Mm. From... A lot of people say this. I don't think they should have done that. Um, now that I'm now that I'm reading them, mm-hmm. and I've actually passed the first instance that they've met him, I'm like, oh. 
Yeah, he's quite significant. Why did yeah. they like? Why did they t- cut him out? <laughs> yeah, I, I watched an interview with Peter Jackson over that because a lot of people say that, and he says, "What significance does he bring to the actual story?" And I'm like, I've not read the book, so I can't answer that. But it has to mean something if a lot of people in the in the fandom think the same thing. It's from what I understand it's it's the the whole mystery behind Tom Bombadil that people love because he nobody knows what he is he's not human he's not a hobbit he's he's not they don't know what he is like they literally ask him Frodo asks him what are you and he's like I am oh that's amazing and they're like okay And it's like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and he's married to Goldberry, who is the river daughter. And that's never explained what that means either. But yeah. basically, he's so old that he said that he was around before the elves even arrived. He was, a, right. he was around before any of the, 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 the stuff with, um, oh, not Sauron, the one before him. I can't remember um, his name. Oh, I can't think. Markov or something. I can't remember his name. The big bad. I just call him the big bad. Before he arrived, he was there before then. And like, everyone's like, so what is he? (laughs) Who is he? (laughs) Who is Tom Bombadil? (laughs) So that's why I think people wanted him in the film because he's so mysterious. It would probably would have provided that extra question to like mm-hmm. real people in you know oh interesting um, yeah I, so yeah. i think a lot of the as you said with the extended stuff that they cut out it was more like i say little things that was extended i think the one that stands out to me is the near the end of the return of the king when they're going to go to the fight the, the black gates of mordor and then oh the mouth of sauron mouth of sauron comes out that that was I think an element that I thought the film did miss originally, but um, again, going back to the best uh, trilogy, Star Wars, <laughs> um, like I said, when George Lucas kept on tinkering and adding stuff and adding stuff, it lost its kind of magic, lost its flair to me. And like I said, I'm always a purist and um, enjoy that aspect as well. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so can I ask a serious question? Because I know my answer, obviously I know my answer, but who do you think is the real hero in the story? Oh, it's, it's got to be Sam or if yes. Sam or even in aspects, Gollum? No, it's Sam. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, that's the, the truest answer, it's Sam. Mm. He's, the, he's the most without, innocent and truest spirit in... No, w- without him, mm-hmm. he does not get to the top. Without no, him, yeah, he does right, not... Sam. W- yeah, you're yeah. right, he, he does not get to the top. He does not He does not chuck the ring in. He doesn't get there in the first place. Without Sam, he, Frodo is absolutely nothing. Frodo is the, the carrier because he is a little brave little hobbit, but mm-hmm. Sam... Is the he is the truest hero of that story? Mm-hmm. Frodo I would absolutely... never have gotten there because he would have been eaten no. by um what's her face the spider. Shelob. Uh, Shelob. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I, I'm not scared of spiders, but that one did freak us out. I'll be honest. That was well done. But um, yeah, Frodo. Right. Frodo would have died to her. So he would. He would have died to her. He would have. He would have caved mm-hmm. because he had nobody there. He had nobody who loved him enough to stop him from doing it because Gollum would have quite happily let him let the ring take him because then he would have had a chance to get it for himself. 
Yeah. It, it, Sam is the truest and purest hero of that story, and but, I love him so much. I'm so glad we share a name. But that I think uh, Furrow did cave in at the end, though, because he wasn't actually going to throw the ring in, because it was due to Gollum biting his finger off in the end, <laughs> in the most uh, fun title way. But yes, um, that's yeah. one thing I did want to touch on as well. Um, as a cast, I don't think the f- a film's been better cast uh, since or before. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. I would yeah. not change a thing. Because yeah. totally no- normally you could go through a cast and say, I'd rather have this person in that role or maybe changes around. But yeah, that's one thing I will always give for Lord of the Rings. Everything to the person was done perfectly. And as you said, with Sam being the true hero, hero I've got to say, Goonies never say die. Yeah, Sean asked him for the win. <laughs> he really, he did that. Just, I think all of them did, did the parts amazingly. Um, I love the fact that we've got a very young Carl Urban in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Miranda, oh, what's her surname? Miranda, she's in Sabrina. Oh, Miranda. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't um, even know that was Sabrina. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. She has one of the most badasses. But she she has one of the most badass lines in that in that whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it used to make me cringe. Like when I first watched it, it used to, I used to cringe when she would turn around and say, "But I am not a woman." And I'm gonna. <laughs> and now I'm like, "Yeah, bitch, get him!" Absolutely, like loved it. Um, that's all you're gonna get out of me at the end of every <laughs> sentence. Loved it. Hey, what loved did, it. That did. Not put us off, but um, Fellowship the Ring at the end when uh, the, the goblins and the Yokai uh, U- were attacking like the Fellowship looking for the, the small Man ones. Meat. Um, when they'd done the overhead shot over the trees and it kind of like floated, I, I, I even in the cinema and watched it in the big telly, I got seasick during that scene because yeah. it, it's like kind of like a floating, it, it's a queasy feeling, which um. I, I don't know, it's just a strange aspect. Again, I'm not trying to be the dick and say, oh, I hate this film because of this. You are being very restrained. <laughs> there is, is there is, I mean, I have one, one little nitpick mm-hmm. that I don't particularly, that I think actually, I don't know if it's the same in the books because obviously I can't compare, but it, it does, it shortens the story unnecessarily, um, is the Army of the Dead. Uh-huh. I absolutely yeah. hate that aspect because if that was the case, and I know there's a lot of things that you could, you pointed this out last week, Paul, where you says, well, if Gandalf had sent the eagles in the first place, <laughs> we would have had this. And it's the same if the, and if the army of the dead was called up in the first place, yeah. Battle, of, Battle of Helm's Deep would have been won quite easy. Actually, it would have just, if that was, if it was as easy as that, mm. they could have done that in the first place. And I hated that they used it at the end. I just don't, I just didn't, there's something icky about it and I don't, I didn't like that. Yeah. Maybe my husband's drilled it in my head that that is a I actually um, watched a video of this guy who's like an expert in all things Tolkien and somebody asked the question like, so why don't they just use the eagles? <laughs> would have been easier. And he was like, well, he was like, I've got a couple of answers for that. He was like, firstly, it would have been a really boring story. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Is that second of all, um, Sa- um, Sauron also has air infantry. 
Mm-hmm. So they would see, like, he would see them coming, like, yeah. from miles away, and he'd be mm-hmm. able to take them down. Mm-hmm. Um, thirdly, the eagles only turn up when they really, really have to. Right. Because they're, like, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not, like, regular eagles. They're, like, they're kind of, like, mm-hmm. the way Tolkien describes them is, like, kind of, they're kind of like angel figures in a way. They turn yeah. up when oh. the dire, dire need is, like, there basically so that's why they only turn up to rescue frodo and oh, sam at the end because I like, yeah i like that there's I'll, no I'll, way out for them there i can't use that argument anymore then See, I, I always i always use the if someone came to me with that argument i'm like well it would have been a really shit story if that was the case if it, if it you know them came in straight away <laughs> they just take the eagles they get the eagles just shoot them on in yep. it would have been an absolutely shit story but no i really love that answer i've not heard that one before yeah. The thing is, in the in the Hobbit, um, in I'm the just, book, sorry, the yeah. the Hobbit book, the eagles just, are slightly different. So where were we? Um, yes. So yeah, the the eagles in the Hobbit are actually described differently. Um, in the books, the eagles actually belong to the Eagle Master, I believe. Oh. Like oh. he's awesome. actually like this. I think well the way he's described I think he's just a dude I don't know if he's an eagle himself but mm-hmm. he lives like up in like a really high perch on the side of the mountain mm-hmm. and he rescue well he, yeah he rescues them when um they're up at all the dwarves are up in the tree and the tree's mm-hmm. on fire and that's yeah. when they turn up um but yeah in the in the hobbit they were just actual eagles that just listened to the eagle master but then mm-hmm. i think tolkien changed his mind in Lord yeah. of the rings and made them like this more like ethereal kind of mm-hmm. posse <laughs> that just appear at the best of times um i don't know why they well i say i don't know why he changed that he did change a lot of things from the hobbit to mm-hmm. lord of the rings because he yeah. just decided to expand on things but yeah because in the in the in the Hobbit, the ring was not actually the One Ring at that point. He no. wrote the ring as just a magic ring that made him disappear, <laughs> and it made him invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he described it like it would make him invisible, but if he stood in like light, you could mm-hmm. just about see his shadow. Mm-hmm. He wasn't completely invisible. But then in Lord of the Rings, he was like, "Oh um, no, it's actually a." It's actually a power ring. He, he, he does go invisible, but he kind of goes into the wraith world. It's like, okay, mm. yeah, well, yeah, that's that, that's that now. <laughs> yeah, they don't like, like say that's one of the things that I don't. It doesn't get explained. I'm really trying my best not to slag off the films. I really am. Uh, in in the three films, like say, they say the one ring to rule them all, but they don't actually say how or what powers it has to rule them all because i know like say when frodo or anyone puts the ring on it goes invisible and they see the eye looking at them but they don't really expand on what would happen if saruman got the ring or what powers he would possess or from what i understand it's so they may okay let me use a help me <laughs> with my memory here so it, it was nine rings for humans seven mm-hmm. rings yeah. for the dwarves and three yeah. wing, rings for the elves wasn't it yeah and then Sauron made the one ring to rule over all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think the point was to that ring. What is my neighbour doing? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. Um, I'll just stop with Jamie. The one ring is the one that will obviously control them all. But I think it's the only one that's capable of going between two planes mm-hmm. of existence. 
Right. It kind of it kind of it explains itself in its one ring to one ring to control and one ring to bind them and one ring to um what's in the in the darkness find them. Yeah. So it kind of does explain it within the 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 that little speech there as to what yeah. the one one ring does. If you if I I get this that like you might it would have been nice to do you know what it just would have been nice to see Saruman in his in his action like to actually see him at his full capacity like his full Power, I would have loved to have. Seen. I know, yeah. I know. At the at the start, when you say the battle, Saruman's got the ring on, and he's not invisible then. Because he doesn't need to be. <laughs> so is it a choice? Does it like says he can he control it to choose? That's that's another thing though. Sorry, going back to Tom <laughs> Bombadil because <laughs> in when they first meet Tom Bombadil, um, he asks Frodo because he's like Frodo's like telling him all about what they're doing, and he's like, oh, let me see the ring. And Frodo just gives it to him. And he was like, he was shocked at that because usually Frodo would be like, oh no, because of the way the power of the ring is. But he just gives it to him without thinking about it. And he was like, oh, I don't know why I did that. And then Tom puts it on his finger and nothing happens. Right. And he's sitting there and he's like, ha, oh, funny. Um, and, then, and then Frodo's really confused because he's like, why does this have no effect on him? Like mm. nothing is happening to him. He's not like getting possessive. Mm. It's not making him invisible. Why? And then like he, Tom gives it back to him and Frodo thinks that he gives him a fake ring. So he tests it and puts it on himself and he goes invisible. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I'm invisible. So he tries to get up and like sneak away. And Tom goes, where are you going? And he's like, oh my God, <laughs> he can see me. <laughs> Tom can see as well. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> I am starting maybe to understand. the same. I am starting to understand why a lot of fans are miffed that he's not in it. I, I'm right? starting to get it because the way that you described it, it makes me want to go and pick the book up to know about this person. So I, right? told, I just remember that this interview um, was, it was like on the making of, do you remember the extended editions and they have like the, mm-hmm. the making of them. And I was watching the fellowship one and it, that's probably as long as the movie itself. Um, and he just said, he says there was no point in bringing this character in there because he has no relevance to the story, but that is relevant. That explains yeah. the ring much better, like in a better way than just it's an all powerful ring that controls everybody. Yeah. He does, yeah. Because it, it doesn't control everybody because it didn't control Exactly. Him. Like, even though it's a minor role, you know, he appears, he does all this stuff with the ring. And then later on, I think somebody literally asks Gandalf, why didn't you just give it to Tom Bombadil? Mm-hmm. Because he, like, nothing affects him. Like, because apparently they know what he is. We don't know what he is. <laughs> um, but they're like, why don't you just give it to him? And Gandalf was like, because he has no interest in it. He doesn't care. Yeah. Like, um... literally, Tom Bombadil's like, he's skipping around singing all the time. <laughs> like, he literally doesn't care. So yeah. he's like, like, if we gave it to him, he probably would have put it on and forgot about it. Mm. <laughs> I'm totally getting it. Like, the more you're talking about it, the more I'm like, I get this and I really want to see this is what I need sometimes I need someone to get me excited about (laughs) reading fiction and then I will because now I want to know more I'm gonna have to read to find out more Mm -hmm. I will probably end up reading them books after I've finished my one on forensic psychology see job's done (laughs) highly recommend but like I've, I've watched like um a couple of videos of people making theories on what would happen Mm. if Gandalf took the ring yeah like if he decided to take it instead of Frodo, like what would happen to him? And mm-hmm. it was like someone literally giving a play-by-play theory of what they think would happen. So it's like, oh, instead of like 
instead of like in this moment <laughs> that scared me sorry <laughs> um, oh bless is Jamie, of, is Jamie just feeling left out he wants to make a cameo is I that guess. why come, come on give us a instead of like um, we were like, oh, instead of when Frodo goes to Rivendell in this moment this is what would happen if Gandalf had the ring like it would be a completely different like time zone or whatever mm. um and then they did it with galadriel as well mm. so if galadriel caved and didn't pass the test and took the ring what would have happened right. um her one is the most interesting one to me because okay. i i love galadriel she's mm-hmm. one of my favorites yeah. um and I would, and yeah i was gonna bring her up because uh kate blanchett her. is absolutely stunning <laughs> like say she is the most beautiful creature of a like, oh, person in the world and she, like, say, when you come to, like, nerd culture as well, she's mm. been in, you name it, every every aspect she's, she's been a part of, like I say, and, and was absolutely wonderful in the MCU as uh, as Lady Death, Hella. But, um, yes, but that part where she played and when when she was offered she's, the ring, that was uh, literally terrifying when you see it. It's terrifying. It gives me goosebumps that when she does the whole, you would have a dark, you would have a dark queen and I'm like, <gasps> literal goosebumps. That all that will woman. love me and despair. Yes. <laughs> yes. She is absolutely unreal. You are right though. She is a live, she's like Liv Tyler. That woman does not age. No, she, she's, she's very feline looking as well. She looks like a cat lady. I think she would look, love cats as well. That's she looks I like her. an elf. Yes. She's literally she how she I would is. picture an elf looking. That's yeah. exactly her face. Was she <laughs> in the reunion? She wasn't in the reunion, was she? No, I think she was um, filming at the time oh, when she, they did it. They even had Sean Bean. Sean they had Bean. seen Bean. No, oh. there's something about Sean Bean though. When he smiles, I feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I actually, I think I asked Jamie. I was like, um, "Is he a villain in anything?" Because I feel like he'd make a really good villain. Everything. It's only been recent years that he's not. I just, I um, can't, like, I can't off the top of my head think of a film where he's a villain. I know he dies Bond. in everything. Yeah, <laughs> Bond. Uh, yeah, James uh, Bond. James Bond. Oh yeah. Um, there's quite a few like he was known as quite a villainous because he died in everything oh there was a TV show he did um, a couple of years ago um, oh that's going to bug me but he was a dick in that too and he died in that as well um, I, I remember like say his most famous role was Sharp where he just said bastard a lot as well oh, there's but a really montage on YouTube for that <laughs> 10 minute Jackson. montage of him just going bastard He's good at dying, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, America, yeah the Americans like the scene to kill him a lot. For he seems like a nice guy. I don't see he doesn't. He doesn't oh, see the problem in it, though. He, he seems. He see seems it. like a total teddy bear. Like in the reunion, he was like one of those confused dads on. on Zoom. Yes, he just he didn't, he didn't know what he was doing. Um, but like, I don't know. Every time he did his like regular toothy smiles, a bit like. Mm. <laughs> I tell you what, it's it's not a geeky uh, TV show. He's done a recent BBC dramatization. It was like a three partner. I've forgotten is the it name of. Him? It's with him from Steve, with Steve, Lockstock, isn't it? Stephen Stephen Pembridge. That's it, Pembridge. Yeah. Um, yes. Pembleton, Pembleton, I think. Maybe from Lockstock. Yeah, he, he's been in a lot of British films, but he was in um, next year. Oh, I can't remember. It was in New Hellboy. Line, it? it was in Line of uh, Duty. Uh, yeah. let's, uh, no, not talk about New Hellboy, please. Oh, no. That, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's just made us laugh badly. But uh, it's it, 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 a three-part documentary where he's <laughs> a teacher who's an alcoholic who uh, drives and kills someone, but he goes through the 
like the period and uh, hands himself in, goes to jail, and you see his journey, and it's it's hard to watch, but it's absolutely brilliant. It's one of the best things I've seen Sean Bean do in well, a long time. Someone, so just so some people don't come for us, it's Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham, is that's it, right. Is it Time? Time, that's the one. Yeah, it was called Time. Yeah. He's in Snowpiercer as well. I didn't know that. The new, the TV series with them, um, Debbie Diggs. Um, he's in that too, but he's a dig in that and all. The only thing I've seen him in is the Yorkshire Tea advert. Oh, <laughs> Recently, that's how I, that's how I describe. Like when people ask where I'm from, I'm like, just think Ned Stark's accent and just bring it up a little bit, <laughs> and, you, and you're there, you're right there. But the um, talking about Sean Bean um, playing the amazing Boromir. How awesome is the casting of Boromir and Faramir, though? They are. So good. <laughs> like, what's his name? Carl. Um, wow, really should have come prepared with names. At least names. I'm, I'm really bad with names, so. Oh, he's not, even, he's not even called Carl. He's called <laughs> David. <laughs> David Wenham is Faramir. And the, the, oh, that, them two, they just. I love the scenes when you see them as brothers and how much. Boromir genuinely like loves his brother and protects mm. his brother because Faramir is like, you know, he's the black sheep, but his dad yeah. hates him. And it's awful how he gets trashed. Little stepbrother, like younger brother type of syndrome. But again, yeah. I can't believe we haven't, like I say, we haven't mentioned him yet, but the great <gasps> and wonderful Christopher Lee in the film oh. as well. Absolutely breathtaking. Everything he does in the film is menacing, is scary. Even from the opening, when you see him with Gandalf, you think, oh, the mates. The only man, the only man out of all of them who actually knew Tolkien. Yes, <laughs> he did. He did. And he, if you watch the, um, if you watch the making of them, he corrects everyone's pronunciations of everything. You had to see it the way Tolkien wrote it. Mm -hmm. and he was so precise on it they said it was almost to the point of annoyance <laughs> that he used to do it but he he knew what he was making mm -hmm. this wasn't you know and he knew who it was going to mm -hmm. this wasn't you know this wasn't something that it's it's not like comic books where comic books are around for such a period of time and there's so many incarnations of it and people have grabbed onto which and then you've got your film come out. This is literally a book that was brought out in the 50s that is now getting made into a cinematic release. So he knew what our audience it was targeting and he wanted it as absolute perfection. And first person to see it, dead. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. <laughs> I, just thought of, I just thought of another one as well, which is really sad, is Ian Holm. Yeah, Bill 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 yeah. Yeah, there you go. Bring the mood down a bit. <laughs> but um, I think it was, I think it was really good that actually they had Christopher Lee there because mm -hmm. him having known Tolkien like means that he definitely like like you said had an opinion like mm -hmm. on things. And I think it would have been really helpful to have him there and be like, do you think Tolkien would have liked that? Because he would have been like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was no shrieking violet as well, so he would have definitely given his opinion on. Oh shit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hear it if you can. They've got they've, on the making of them. You can hear him snapping at people, like, yeah. in the nice in Christopher Lee's nicest polite way, but snapping at people because this was it was important to him because he did know Tolkien, mm -hmm. and it's, it's special. Um, I actually have him sitting in my living room. 
what the actual Christopher Lee or yeah I hope not the actual Christopher Lee that'd be I a mean, bit awkward I would if I, I, would if I could <laughs> um, I, um, <laughs> I collected I started collecting before the prices went up on them because wow with the new series coming out and mm-hmm. um, the, the collection of the figures from the time of movie if you notice how I keep saying movie I'm not going to say it <laughs> I could hear it all the way through the last episode and I kept correcting myself the only person who's actually said the word correctly is Emily <laughs> and I won't see it <laughs> yeah to be fair, um, Emily's like say had Brian down there, so she's used to the northern accent pretty much. Yeah, so. but Emily is uh, Emily's. I can hear her saying it properly, but when <laughs> we see it, I'm like, oh, don't no. be don't be ashamed of where you're from, man. Stop. <laughs> it doesn't sound right now. It's being pointed out to us. Um, but yeah, so the 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 figure the toy figures that came out at the time of the films. Film, movies release it's they have gone up massively in price and i managed to get a few before mm-hmm. that i've gotten aragon in um i think they're all um the two towers mm-hmm. um aragon and one of the ring rates mm-hmm. the detail of them are amazing and i've gotten christopher lee's as well and he's got the what's the ball called the eye of, is it the eye or is it just a ball i can't think oh, no, of. It, it's one of the eyes because i remember him saying there was five of them and they've not been accounted for i believe yes but... he's got oh, that in his I hand <laughs> it's an uh, yeah but he has that in his hand and the, the detail of them are unreal and um, we've also forgot to mention another amazing character actor who is in this brad door yep shucky he's in there Um, he is he has one of my favourite scenes I love the fellowship scene when the the, the fellowship's created and I cry like I really do cry my eyes out of that scene it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it but my most favourite and the one that I like proper high five and punch the air at is when Theoden comes back Mm-hmm. When Gandalf brings him back, and you see, and you see him like changing, and then he kicks um, Wormtail out, and it just oh, proper gets gets mm-hmm. me right in the. That scene is unreal, mm-hmm. unreal. So good. <laughs> As we said before, the cast and like say it was second to none. Like say Ian McKellen as Gandalf, I can't see anyone. Topping that, and as Emily, <laughs> as Emily said, uh, no, sorry, Sam said before, um, with the new se- series that's coming to Amazon, that's going to be an interesting take because I know they filmed in New Zealand either. True. But oh, they I, did. The, the first season's in New Zealand. The second season's going to be here. Is it oh, Ireland? It's going it, to. They've taken some um, some places that Lord that that Game of Thrones filmed in. I I'm think sure so. In Ireland, yeah. Yeah. Because Amazon are throwing some big shit of money at that. Like, say, Me too. Uh, you can't do it. You can't half arse it. This is Tolkien. This is, you know, there is a reason it took 12 years for this to become what it is right now. And that you can't half arse stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for it. I'm like seriously getting I'm excited. so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am tempted to throw a game. Of, I am. Why do I keep on to say Game of Thrones? I am tempted to throw a Lord of the Rings themed party for the first um, episode. I did it on the last series of Game of Thrones, had a full-on Game of Thrones um, party, like 
I'll have to find the pictures and put them in, put them on the Facebook group. But, they, but yeah, I had like themed food and everything. Oh, like. Sounds so good. <laughs> what was it? Um, Hodoritos. That was my most favourite one. Um, <laughs> The, 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 the rest oh, of Theon, <laughs> and it was sausage rolls. Oh, dear. Um, oh, yeah. I really went. Oh, and what was it? You know Muffin Jon Snow. Oh, that God. Was, <laughs> and it was, I love it. it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really tempted to do the same for Lord of the Rings. and Because I look, I've been, I want to make the um, the bread. What's mm-hmm. the bread called? Landis bread, is it? Landis, Landis bread, bread, yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing, because I know, as you said, it's exciting to know we're getting more Lord of the Rings content. But if you watch the Lord of the Rings back, does it need to be retold at the moment? Because it's, it's still... Not, it's, it's not, not being it's retold. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's, mm. it's before. Right. It's, oh, um, right. So Lord of the Rings takes place in the Third Age. Um, yeah. the, the series is taking place in the Second Age. Yeah. So that, that, that's that... Yeah, that's the age that um, the mm. original Battle with Sauron took place. Right, all so right. So we could see, um, is, is it a sealed door? We could, that could be, a, is it, is that coming up? Is it sealed, is the sealed door before or after? I can't remember. I can't, you know, there's I'm so shocking. many names. There's so <laughs> I am, many names. I am, I am shocking myself that I even remember these names. Honestly. I, I can't pronounce the basic of I, names sometimes. What I want to know is if they're going to go as far back as the beginning of the second age mm-hmm. or the battle of Numenor Ooh. where the god the, <laughs> the god the god of the the, the world Alda mm-hmm. I think it is is the name of the world isn't it mm-hmm. I, think. I think so apparently bitch slapped Numenor <laughs> so hard that it went from a flat earth to round so all right I'd like to see how they do that yeah. <laughs> what, a way, what a way to um, get around a flat earth. I know. Bitch <laughs> like, oh, round. Literally, the whole time, like, I think in the first age, it was like, yes, yeah, a flat earth and everything else. And then, uh, yeah, the, apparently it was such a cataclysmic event mm. that it turned, turned it, it literally turned it round. And that's why um, there's only one way to get to the Undying Lands now, right. because it used to be accessible very easily because it was that used, flat. the Indian um, lands used to confuse the life out of us it's i i didn't get what was happening at the end that's and yeah it wasn't, i don't feel like i had it exp- i had it explained to us where i could understand why frodo was going with the elves but where was he going and what happens after he goes there um so i hope when i read the books that i might get a, a better answer because I, I generally still am confused. Like, I, I don't know where he went. When, when I first watched it, like obviously because I've watched Return of the King first, so I saw mm-hmm. that end bit and I was like, so are they going to, like, heaven? Yeah. Are they dying? Like, mm-hmm. what? Well, I don't understand. Um, but from what I understand, the Undying Lands are just essentially a land of immortality mm-hmm. where like the, elves, the elves are allowed to go because they've been given permission to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, where they can just go and live. I think free. I don't know if they. I don't know if their bodies die, mm-hmm. but from how it's described, I think their bodies do die and they just live as free spirits. Thanks. So essentially, it is kind of heaven, but, but not <laughs> like, a, like a physical plane that then turns into a spiritual. Y- yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I don't know. It's not. I don't know. It's not, yeah, it's not, and it's not, it's a beautiful ending, and you know, no way, Sam's... no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's just, <laughs> Sam just breaks my heart in that in in that scene where he he realizes he's friend, friends. He does go there in the end, though. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Yeah, they, I think the. I think they mentioned it was the last boat that they ever went. Sam was. Yeah, Tolkien. Tolkien did like a thing, a little short thing. Um, it's in one of his other books that his son published. Um, Sam just lived his life. I think he had thirteen children. All Amazing. In all. And then when he got old, he went over, and met Frodo again. I'm so, so happy. I'm just. I'm, I'm just. I'm just glad they didn't film it because, like, see, that's my biggest issue with Return of the King: the fifteen endings that we didn't need. <laughs> because <laughs> it ended then kept on going then ended then kept on going oh <laughs> yes I get what you mean I was like what are you on about um, I get what you mean there was yeah. a lot of endings but the like si- the undying oh. lands are so important mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really important because yeah. the hobbits have no idea what the, what it even is yeah. um, for a long time and then mm-hmm. like well they're important anyway like especially in the, the series that's coming up yeah. They're going to be even more important because if they do do the Battle of Numenor, mm-hmm. the Undying Lands is the whole reason why it's happening. Yeah, because um, the I think they're called the Numenorians. <laughs> so it's just a mouthful. If they're not, we all call that now. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> the Numenorians were the first humans, and they were like superhumans. So really strong. They could live for like five hundred years. They were really like tall and big. Mm. And they were given all these gifts by the mm-hmm. Valar, I believe, which are like the angels mm-hmm. of that of this universe. Um, but the big bad, I forget his name again, um, <laughs> but uh, corrupted them and mm. made them want to have immortality. Like, you know, it wasn't enough that they were given everything else. They were like, yeah. oh, we want immortality as well. Why do the elves get it? Like, can't, can't we have it sort of thing? Mm. So then the big bad was like, all right, well, let's go and fight them and take the Undying Lands away from them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the Battle of Numenor. See, that, that's, that's why... That's, that's, why that's got my interest moment. now. That's got my... I am, like, in awe at the moment. <laughs> I'm, like... I, yeah. One, I want to go and read my books now. <laughs> this but happens all the time. But that's why the, the, the god, the big god, I, he has got a name, but I keep forgetting his name, um, of, of the world is, like... What are you doing? Like I've given you all of this stuff, and now you want immortality as well? No, yeah. slaps them, done. <laughs> <laughs> They're gone. Um, uh, and yeah, like, and then a couple of Numenorians survived, mm-hmm. and those that survived were still loyal to like their allies, so the elves. Yeah. They didn't want immortality. They weren't interested. Mm-hmm. They were still loyal to their to their allies and everything, and they grouped together to mm-hmm. fight the big bad and get rid of him. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> but they, like, uh, Aragorn is descended from the Numenorians, which right. is why Aragorn can survive until he's, like, 250. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense, because that, again, is not really explained as to how he has, he has, like, because they do say his age at some point, but let's, let's talk about He's, like, about 80 Aragorn. something, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. old, old when, the, when this starts. But let's talk about Aragorn for a second. That beautiful man that plays <laughs> I say I do find him hot in this. Uh, Vigo. I, I am I'm, Vigo, I am comfortable with oh my masculinity to, to admit he is a beautiful person. Oh, absolutely! I watched um, the Green Book on Sunday night, and I could see him 
but I could not hear him. I am waiting for that Danish accent to come out, and I'm like, where are, and then he's got this like mafioso Italian coming like, oh, and I was, I was like, wow, mate, you've got range, because that yes. was very convincing, but I love him in this. I remember that, you know, when he used to get to, um, promotional stuff in Serial. Yeah. yeah. And they had promotional stuff for Lord of the Rings, and it was a hologram image and this hologram image I had was um, Aragorn walking through the doors. Um, oh, where, where was he at? It's when he comes back after his little jaunt in the with the where he gets mm-hmm. in the water. I can't think of where he's at. Rohan. Yeah? Rohan? I think it's Rohan. Rohan. Yeah, because yeah, I think he's dead type thing. So. Yeah, I think he's dead and he walks through the doors and that's the hologram of, image of him just constantly walking through the doors and then just standing there like, what up? And I'm like, <laughs> I literally just, I just, with this I'll, image just back I'll, and forth all the time. <laughs> I hope someone does edit in him saying what up, that, that would be a What, what up? <laughs> I love it. at the time. I think he'd done stuff, but because because he, he's been in like a few films. What uh, he was in Young Guns too as well. Um, going back, he was one of the cowboys that chased after Billy the Kid. But um, isn't that the case though? With a lot of them um, Danish and Scandinavian actors, they do a lot of work in their like a lot of work. Like if you look at um, Stellan Starsgard, he his filmography mm-hmm. is massive anywhere. But then you look at the stuff he's done in his hometown, and it's just huge it's like just like it's like he, he that man has worked and yeah but i think he's the same it's the same it? with like mads mads mickelson mickelson Mad- yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. best, one of the best hannibal portrayals ever that but, he's yeah. a fantastic actor i love him um just put him in anything to be honest just him vigo mortison mm-hmm. um alexander Stalsgard, because i don't mind him i'm just thinking of um <laughs> Danish and Scandinavian actors just have them all together. Is there um, anyone else as well? Like this is just me, like say being all nerdy and geeky. When in the two towers, when he kicks the the goblin's um, helmet and point out, yeah, points out that's the part he brought his toe on. It's the fellowship. It's the it's is it the uh, fellowship? Is it the end of the fellowship? No, or is it no, the beginning I, of the two I, towers? I, I thought it was the two towers when he got to the when the, the pile of um Oh it is man and... because yeah, it's yeah. because Mary yeah, Mary and Pippin have gone and mm-hmm. all they see is because they bump into the Rohedians. Mm-hmm. Um yes it is and he, he points out that that's where he brought his toe. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's funny. <laughs> But, uh, but I, what I love about Vigo though is that he was the last one to turn up. Yes, he cast. was. He, he like, was not he was originally cast. Oh, no, right. he wasn't. They were going a completely different route with Aragorn, um, mm-hmm. and then they decided last minute that it wasn't, it didn't work. Yeah. So the studio were like, right, okay, uh, you need to hire someone else. And he had to literally, on the day he arrived, convince mm-hmm. the studio mm-hmm. <laughs> that he was the right choice and luckily oh, oh. the first scene he did wasn't a talking role it was the battle of the ring race in mm. fellowship of the ring yeah it was well do- <laughs> reunion really did bring a lot of um oh, and it did it did i was like it's so helpful <laughs> that's quite interesting so the michael j fox and during back to the future <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they filmed anything with the original actor did they they just they no no, they, they just, I think they, because there was a, obviously a lot of rehearsals, mm-hmm. a lot. And I think he was part of the rehearsals, but I don't think he was actually part of the filming of it. Oh, um, 
but the, the, the on the reunion with Vigo Mortensen does not know how to use a camera <laughs> because it was all over the place. It oh, was, he's like, I think he's holding it, isn't he? He's yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> like above him, in front of him. It was all over so the place. Funny. Um, so funny. What about the um, the other hobbits? You know, the other two who don't get a big mention, Perry, Merry, and Merry mm. and Pippin. They're so lovely. Aren't they? Uh, have you seen their podcast that they do? No, I have. I have got it. Um, I listen to so many, but it's I do so have it. They do. It is Lord of the Rings based, isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. called the Friendship Onion. If nobody knows, um, <laughs> they did. They did a one recently where they had Elijah on with them, and it was. Mm. It was literally. It was, it was like watching just old friends talking to each other. <laughs> they just rambled on about anything and everything. <laughs> so it sounds like Austin, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I absolutely love them. Um, I, the the characters themselves, I wasn't really interested. Like, I didn't really care. And it wasn't until I think, I think when um, Mary wants to, Mary wants to prove his worth, and I'm and I'm kind of that's when my my opinion started to change yeah. because he, they do come across as very selfish little hobbits. Like, you know, they they're so uh, uh, like wrapped up in hobbiting that it, it's mm-hmm. hard for them to break that. But when they start, like, especially with them tree beards, yeah. they see the change starting to to. That's to what, come yeah, through. that's what I was going to say as well. Like with the hobbits as well, all the hobbits go through the journeys on the in the film. Like obviously with Sam and Frodo. Like I say, Sam is unwavering throughout and you, you see he's in his strength. But the, the two that goes through the biggest journey, because at the mm-hmm. start, they are two little kids, annoying, being fun. And at the end, the grown up, the, like I say, yeah. the, the men in a way, the, 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 the people of the world and they've went through that journey. And that, that's like I say, what I got from them characters in a told that story in a beautiful way that you weren't quite expecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I first watched it, I thought they were brothers. Mm. Yeah, me like, too. That's the relationship they give across. They mm-hmm. they they show on screen. I was like, oh, they're brothers. And then I actually read the book, and I was like, oh, it's Mary Brandybuck and Peregrine <laughs> Took. So they're not brothers. But they are. They are. Um, no, Peregrine Took is yeah. related to Frodo very distantly, or is they're it the cousins. other way around? Is it cousins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they Frodo are... does come from the Tooks from mm. Bilbo's yes. side, so. Bil- Bilbo's dad was a Took, right? Oh. No, or was his mum a Took? I can't remember. It, might have been, it would have been, it would have been <laughs> his mum. He was a son of a Took. That will keep with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it would have, but it would have been his mum, because then it wouldn't have made sense that Bilbo was because, a Baggins if his dad was yeah, a Took. Because so, throughout, yeah. throughout The Hobbit, it literally, like, Tolkien literally constantly mentions, like, oh, well, that's his Took side coming out, or that's his Baggins <laughs> side coming out, because every time he's like, Oh, I wish I was at home with my nice fire. <laughs> he's like, that's his bag inside. And then when he's brave, it's his took side. It's like, oh. <laughs> no, I said, then it's a little details there, with it does enhance and bring the story together. But mm-hmm. I know we haven't even mentioned the name of the person I want to talk about next because mm-hmm. he was absolutely amazing. And you don't actually, well, you see him very like. Early, well, oh, is, uh, very is Andy Circus as Gollum? Because after that, after that performance in Gollum, he was he is the go-to guy for any type of creature or um, like say, say the, because he, he developed the technology, the technology yeah. they use for Gollum, he developed that, so yeah. it made sense to use him mm-hmm. in other um, 
connotation of that of, for that technology. But mm. to yeah, Gollum is just I love him. I just mm. I just want to give him a big cuddle. Other than like as I said, I'm be- sure he would accept it. Before and then before, scratch me eyes out. True. Before before <laughs> Lord of the Rings, there wasn't many CGI characters that you cared for. Probably the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, uh, potentially. But um, like I say, as Gollum, well, CGI they're all real. That's real. <laughs> all real. I'm gonna spoil your childhood now. I'm only joking. I watched the movies that made I us. Think, I, know. I think um, Peter Jackson said like when they were talking about the animation for Gollum, he was like, "I want it to be." <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> I want it to be Jar Jar Binks, but bigger. Yeah. That's literally what he said. Because mm-hmm. at that at the time, Jar Jar Binks was kind of the best animation they had. And um, that's and if that that is saying something because if you go back and like, you it's terrible. It's horrendous. <laughs> he, stands, he stands out of that screen so noticeably. Like you can tell he is not there, but with Gollum. It, it's so real because they are using mm. an actual person. The, the features are, are real, and mm. that technology is cannot be touched mm. at all. Yeah, what for, I love is that, like, because Andy did such an amazing job, and because obviously, then, like you said, he developed the technology further. Um, when they did The Hobbit, he was a second director for The Hobbit. Like, oh, Peter Jackson was off, was off shooting scenes with, like, the others. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Serkis was off shooting another scene in another location with the, the motion capture and everything else. Yeah. So it's like, it makes total they, sense. Yeah, so that's how they got the, Hobbits, the Hobbit done faster, mm-hmm. because they had two directors doing scenes at once. Mm-hmm. But the golem, that you, the golem that you see in Fellowship is not Andy Serkis. No, no, it was a different. He was not cast until later, but that is a com- that because they generally did not know what was happening with Gollum. No, he originally was just going to be a voice, wasn't he, Andy? Yeah. And then they decided last minute, oh, let's try this motion capture stuff, and it's yeah. okay. <laughs> so we're talking about Andy Serkis's Gollum, mm-hmm. but something has literally just caught my eye on my phone. Mm-hmm. Did you know who who's directing Venom? Andy Serkis. I did not know that. Well, Venom 2 uh, left the college begin, begin. So it'll be interesting oh to see his take on, like I said, if he's going to be using his uh, like body or his technology towards that. So it makes kind of sense to get... A, I like, am actually the... gobsmacked. <laughs> I haven't seen the first one. You should, it's really good. Oh, okay. And that's saying something, I don't like Tom Hardy. <laughs> you don't like Tom Hardy? Oh, no, he will go. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's no, fine. I don't. No, I don't. And I got to. I, I, I don't. I'm starting to change my mind on him because Venom was really good. But I'm sorry, that man, his acting abilities in the past have not been great, and I can barely understand a word he's saying. And that's coming from a northerner. <laughs> exactly. I but think no, he's really I, good I, in Legend, but. <laughs> um, do you know what? I hate to admit it. But I can't, yeah. 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 Did you know, in that film, there's a lad from Raya in Sunderland, actually in Legend, with Tom Hardy, Richie Riddell. Who? Yeah, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he grew up, uh, like I say, not too far away. He's been in a few films. He was in uh, an episode of Misfits where he played a gorilla that got changed into a human. 
So yes, he's Amazing. a son and lad. Well, Taryn Egerton, who's in that, who obviously played Elton John, <laughs> we can be and sister joke that we have a connection to him. We don't mm. at all. But he's the nephew of someone my mum works with. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. got, and it's like, yeah, we, 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 know, we know him. We don't. Bless. But there we go. There's my little Taryn Egerton story. Um, <laughs> Well, sorry, I was looking at something because it, the Andy Circus on, if you go to the Google, like the cast of Lord of the Rings, it has Gollum and Witch King. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, and then I clicked on it and then I saw Venom come up and I'm like, what? I'm sure we did a reaction to that trailer. Why was it not mentioned in there? Um, but he was the Witch King too. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. But I didn't know about that at The Hobbit, though. That's quite interesting what you were saying, Emily, about him being actually assistant director on that. Cause... No, yeah, me neither. I was like, you know me, I'm a massive film nerd because I want to make films one day. So it's like, I really wanted to know how they filmed The Hobbit. So I was watching, mm -hmm. they did um, this time around for The Hobbit, they did a video diary on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think they did like every three months, I think they had a video for each three months mm -hmm. and they showed how they filmed um, in The Hobbit Hole, for example, um, in order to get the perspective of the sizes. Mm -hmm. They built two sets, exactly the same. And then they had Ian McKellen in one and then um, all the dwarves and mm -hmm. Martin Freeman Martin in the other. Freeman. And they had dual cameras. So they filmed with the two cameras at the same time. So mm -hmm. the perspective of Ian McKellen being bigger yeah. and then being smaller mm -hmm. worked in tandem. Mm -hmm. Instead it's real, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I'm like, glad that it's good the that technology, they yeah, The difference yeah. in technology for The Hobbit that they did for The Lord of the Rings is just oh, but incredible. I, yeah, I still think The Lord of the Rings looks prettier than The Hobbit. But that's, again, that's probably, probably just Yeah, but that's but I think it's because the Lord of the Rings was more physical stuff. Mm. Like, you know, it's fair enough that obviously... Well, I just hit my microphone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fair enough that obviously with The Hobbit, they wanted to use the technology that was there, and mm. that's fine. Um, but you can tell that it's not real. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with Lord it's of the very, Rings, so many more physical elements to it. Mm -hmm. I, th I find Lord of the Rings very, not gritty, but you are, I think real is the right word because The Hobbit is very shiny. Yeah. And look at look at all of our new stuff and what we've cleaned up because the world, was the world a lot cleaner back then? It just, it's a lot shiny and bright. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I have never actually seen The Last of The Hobbit. Uh, what, Battle Five Armies? No, I've never seen it. It's okay, you don't need to see it. <laughs> That's all right. Then. Don't worry but, about it. I did watch I, I recently because when I have a, 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 a deal where I don't want to particularly talk to people or see people, I will literally put a lot of the rings on because I know fine well it's going to keep me there all day. And, but I, tr I tried to do The Hobbit again and I watched the first one and I'm like, I just, I just don't, I don't feel the same as I do when I watch Lord of the Rings. The issue I have with The Hobbit is why did they make half of the dwarves good looking? <laughs> right yeah half of them look like dwarves and they look like how they're described like they're a little bit more gritty in the film mm -hmm. in the books they turn up and they're like oh this one was wearing a green cape and he had a long white beard this one was wearing a red cape and he had a long brown beard Killy and Philly both wear blue capes and they have long blonde beards Thorin turns up he's got a dark blue cape with a gold crest on it he thinks he's really important and he's a bit of a brat. 
<laughs> like literally in in the film they made him this dark broody dude who's like oh my god my family i just need the, i need the, the minds back and it's like in the book he's like yeah you're mm. right <laughs> like, he's, pretty, he's pretty chill he's yeah. just a bit of a brat like he thinks he's too important for things think, but like yeah. yeah they made him really dark in the mm. in the film and i'm not sure why <laughs> I got, I got, like I said, this is again talking back when original first started talking about those the films when like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter came out at the, at the same time. The Hobbit films had a very Harry Potter feel for me in aspect. Mm. It, again, I don't think it was aimed at kids, but there was definitely elements there for the younger audience to enjoy. Um, and again, the Hobbit book isn't that wide. I know that they brought in different aspects like the Necromancer and stuff to to bulk it out. But again, it, it didn't need to be a three film. It's, no, it didn't need to be. It did not need to be three films because the Battle of the Five Armies is literally five pages of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because that's saying something then. Literally, that just shows because how in, in unimportant yeah, it is. Because mm-hmm. Tolkien wasn't interested in the battle itself. Mm-hmm. It's it's all from Bilbo's perspective. It's it's his journey. It's his adventure. Mm-hmm. And right at the beginning of the battle, he gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. so he spends the whole thing unconscious so he goes down like, literally when he wakes up everything's over Thorin's dying Killian and Philly are already dead um, he goes and says goodbye to Thorin he dies and then they're like okay so this is what happened and then literally they just give him like a summary of the battle <laughs> and that's it that whereas in, in, in the films they were like yeah let's make a whole film about this battle yeah. That was completely unnecessary. Bilbo was not there for any of it, so I don't know why they put it in the film that yeah. he was there for the whole thing and he was fighting. It's like no, <laughs> no. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about um, the dwarf in the movie. Um, Gil- Gil- oh my god, Gimli, Gimli, Gimli son of Gloin. Um, because John is it John Reese Davis? John Davis, yeah. yes. Uh, from Probably in, the biggest, in- bulkiest. Yeah, from Indiana Jones yeah, fame. <laughs> yeah, but he's tall, he's yep. bulky, and yet could not tell. No, could he's not tell. Walter Stubby, and he looks amazing. And I absolutely love him and Legolas's relationship because mm. they two should not work together yeah. at all. Was, yeah, that was the whole point of dwarf and uh, like an elf hating. But like I said, they're getting a bit of a bromance towards the end, which was always great to see. That still only uh, counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh, I just I, I'm I am not now a fan of Orlando Bloom because he really peaked in these films. This is like the epitome of like his career is the Lord of the Rings because afterwards yeah, didn't it, didn't didn't pan out great, and I did not like the fact didn't that he was in the Caribbean. The I liked nah, him in even, oh, I don't even like him in that. I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, I want to punch. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to punch him in the face, but I that have a, a love. I have a love for those films, so yeah. I kind of forgive it. <laughs> I just can't. Oh, it's, it's, it was one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite rides at Disney as well. So yeah, I've got a soft yeah, spot for the pirates. Yeah, I do. No, I, I, I don't <laughs> get us wrong. I re- I do like the pirates films, and I loved the fourth one. Was it the fourth one with Harvey Birdman? And, and oh wow, that was amazing. Loved it because guess what? Orlando Bloom wasn't in it. Um, but I genuinely loved him as Legolas, but I hated the fact that he came back from the Hobbit because they don't, they don't, no, one, well, yes, he did not need to be there, but age wise, he obviously should be a lot younger. He looks a hell of a lot older. They don't have the Marvel technique when it comes down to de aging people because he looked 
haggard. Like, he looked like he'd been on a bender for mm. about 10 days straight and then decided to rock up. You know what I think it is as well, is that in obviously Lord of the Rings, he's wearing contact lenses because they made his eyes blue, but his eyes mm-hmm. are like deep blue in Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. Whereas in The Hobbit, they gave him really bright blue contacts and it yeah. made him look older mm-hmm. somehow. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't, no, because it, it was that strikingly, oh, he had that striking look about him. Um, but just generally, he just doesn't look right. It but doesn't fit right. It, it's not it, even no. in the book. Yeah. Then he didn't need to be there. Like him, both him and uh, what's her name? Glad what was her name? I think Tilly is a uh, half. Which, which is Wasp in uh, in Ant Man and Wasp. Evelyn, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn, Evil. I can't say her name. Evangeline. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But not good names. Tauriel. Her name was Tauriel in, in the film. She's not in it either. <laughs> <laughs> she been, do you know what? Casting wise, elf wise, she looks elf. She looks oh, elf. Oh, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. She's a silver elf as well. So that's mm-hmm. why silver, like, that's why she looks different from the others. She doesn't have like the bright blonde hair or anything because she's mm-hmm. silver. I'm um, on a deep dive with elves on because there's a, there's, a, there's a YouTube channel who oh, literally I love it. just. Oh, they've got one for Game of Thrones. They've got one for Lord of the Rings, and it is a deep dive on elves. And I am sitting—I'm practically sitting there with a notepad, just trying to make sure I that it. I take everything in. And I still haven't taken it all in because I couldn't understand the difference between Galadriel and Elrond because I, I was like, they, they, they she, live in two different places. Why she's would they a high elf, together? isn't she? Mm. She. Yeah. the highest of elves is <laughs> and I was like oh I just wanted to know more Let's see this is the, the best part about Lord of the Rings you've got so much that you can learn from it it's not just a story about two elves two elves two hobbits walking <laughs> from point A to point B and if that's what you take away from this film <laughs> you are not paying attention because there is so much more that is in it that you can you learn from it's like I'll take that backhand I'll take that back, backhand compliment there a little bit but okay, yeah but I, I, need to, <laughs> I need to know though what's your opinion of Thranduil because the moment I saw him appear on screen I was a bit like <laughs> is that the Legolas's dad no right okay he's beautiful like that's not yeah, that's, that's what I wanted well, to know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that man is stunning. When it, yeah. yeah, oh yes, absolutely. As soon as he opened his mouth, I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I, I see, I see. I've got the time um, of day for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know who that was, um, but I, I've just been, yeah, I've just been looking on the cast, and he was on the cast for some reason, but he's obviously not in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, I tell, there is one scene that I always that I get choked up at. And it's so pathetic. It's well, not pathetic, but it's not. It's not major. It's not big. It's just before the Battle of Helm's Deep, when the elves show up, and Aragorn goes to meet them. And the elf he says the elf's name, and it's almost it's almost normal. I'm sure he calls him um, Anthony, Michael or Michael Anthony or something like that. And he says at one time, you know, there was one time elves and men stood together and we, we come here to honour that pact. And I'm literally sitting there with tears running down my face because all these elves in unison just turn. And I'm like, 
that's so impactful. Like, I just... Do you know why that is, though? Because they don't really explain it in the film. No, they don't, do they? Aragorn actually lived in Rivendell with the elves. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of knew that because he wouldn't have known um, Arwen if he didn't. So no, I, yeah. There was a connection between the two, but they are so secretive on Aragorn's past because he's he comes, you know, he's striker when you first meet him because he's a ranger, and but then he's got this other past where he's with Arwen, and then he knows the elves, but they don't but, give you. Yeah, from from what from what I know. His, I can't, I don't know if his dad was a king, I can't mm-hmm. remember, but his well, dad got his, line of, he's, he's yeah, the line of a seal door, so he's his, the, he's yeah, the his, king his, of Gondor, yeah. So, he when he was born, his dad got killed, I believe, either when he was out hunting orcs or he was in, in a battle of some kind. Um, and him and his mother fled to Rivendell, and he grew up in Rivendell with all the, with all the elves. So that's why he's so familiar with them because mm. he literally grew up with them, and they call yeah. they called him a completely different name. Oh, okay. And I think I think Elrond does say his elven name when he when he, you see him in mm. Fellowship. I think. Oh, I'll have to um, I'll have to look out for that because he's because yeah. um, he, he speaks Elvish and yeah. he knows so Legolas. They, like him and Legolas have something like they know each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think certain like I think that's the difference between the books and the films. The films. <clears throat> always leave a little bit for your imagination, shall we say. So you always go back and think, oh, how is this back? And then you can go back and make your own mind up or make your but own opinion. But a book- when it comes to well, when it comes to fantasy, you don't need that because the, the law is already laid down. Mm-hmm. So you you know and with any fantasy genre, it's all the it's already there written down as to what it should be and it shouldn't be a mystery you should know it because it's part of the bigger story. Fantasy is so, in my opinion, it's it's kind of like sci-fi as well. It's so mm-hmm. complicated mm-hmm. that, to be honest, you just need it mapped out for you. Mm-hmm. Like you with do. Star Wars, for example, I'm going to use a Star Wars <laughs> example. As much as people don't like the prequels, mm-hmm. it was kind of helpful to see everything mapped out. Yeah. Oh no, I, I completely see understand how see, it yeah, translates. From, from but even though you know a diehard fan like might say, "Oh, they weren't necessary. You don't use the prequels." But I, like, no. I thought I thought no. they were pretty helpful in terms of mapping out story. I love the prequels for that reason, and I said this um, on our Star Wars episode. He might t- not. Just take away the midi chlorins. I'll be okay. The midi chlorins. I'll be fine. That. I knew he was going to say that, but I, no, I, I, this, I said this on our Star Wars episode. I love the prequels because it lays the groundwork down. You need to, you do need to know. They mention, you know, Leia. The first time you see Leia, she mentions the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. That the first time you see her on screen is through R two D 2s projector, Mm -hmm. and she mentions the Clone Wars. And then you go, then you've got. The Clone Wars, that, like, the Clone Wars is one of my favourite Star Wars films. I don't care what anyone says. I absolutely don't. You... <laughs> well, it's not because we did a list in Rogue One is, but... Yeah. Um, I love Rogue One. <laughs> it's just, it, it's unreal. But I do, you are right. Fantasy needs to be laid and mapped out for you because it's so in-depth. And this, what, this is what gets me about the fantasy genre and the likes of Tolkien and George R.R. R. Martin. Um, how the fuck does their brains work 
how does it? <laughs> how do you? How do you? Was it still start? life work? It's it's Honestly, it probably it probably started right now when he was twelve, like planning it out, and like I said, that every was, time, did, every did time, the Rings, I look at the Lord of the Rings universe, I learn something new, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how did this come from a singular man's brain? How did this man? Mm-hmm not only come up with an entire universe of creatures and places he invented languages yeah that's the that's the way well i was, I was gonna say weird but not weird sorry um no but it's it's yeah. right though but you if you like the process of lord of the rings was over 12 years and that is simply because he was teaching at mm. the same time he was earning a living so not only is he teaching he's then going in and diving back into like George R. R. Martin, this is his full time job. This yeah. is what he does. He, and he writes, can't fucking so, finish a book. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> he will bring it out in his in his own time, and it will be amazing because it will finish the story the way it's meant to be finished. But there was a, a South Bank show once, and the and it was the life of George R. R. Martin, and he has two houses. He has his home, his family home, and then he has his work home. And in his work home is, you know, them big um, filing cabinets, the big metal ones. He has hundreds of them in this house. And it's every section is every part of King's Landon. Hmm. From languages, from people, to costumes, to colours. And it is all laid out in these filing cabinets. So if he is stuck in a person, he will go to the filing cabinet and find the, the character and go, oh yeah, the, and he, that's that's, and I'm like, that's I know, but imagine this is that's George R. R. Martin's process because he learned it from Tolkien. How did Tolkien do it? How does it come from one person's brain? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, honestly. That's the one. That's the hardest thing to do. Like, see, I've tried writing short stories before, and like, see, I'm no like. See, great writer and stuff but i struggle just to, to map out like to base in like like a story linear line because i like jump from point point a to point c sometimes it's like oh shit i missed out b but I'm just literally the same yeah it's oh i can't write short stories to save me life i'm literally in the process of writing a story right now and i keep getting stuck <laughs> and like hitting a wall because my brain is like seeing this like vast thing but i just can't put it into words, words yeah. so it's like see, I, then not, I read, I read Tolkien and I'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> see that's not my problem when it comes to writing I can write the words and um, I've been writing I've been, since 2014 I can write words and I can do descriptions but I can't come up with original concept because my brain is so mushed with the stuff that I love Every, I just feel I start plagiarizing because it just <laughs> because it, it's I, can't, I just I don't have an original idea because there's too many great works already packed in there. Mm. But I can describe something. I can write something in description. I can review um, how I like I feel about it. But I cannot do original ideas. There's uh, a phrase that I was taught when I went to university when I was learning film. Um, we had this the producer of Stanley Kubrick films come in. Oh, wow. oh, he's the most wonderful little man I've ever met in my life. Um, <laughs> but he said a phrase, and I, I've never forgotten it. And he said, "Nothing is written; everything is rewritten." Mm-hmm. Yes, and that is it's absolutely true. 
Like, there's no such thing as an original concept anymore he said you will always draw from inspiration from something Mm -hmm. you've seen or something you've heard is that because every song has been sung is that but it's you putting your spin on it that counts personal to you as well like say if it means something to you then that's that's the way to go exactly exactly but that's why we started these type of like discussions Mm -hmm. these type of conversations because like I say, with the whole, like I say, as, as we said before, with the whole lockdown situation, it's been harder to have these type of discussions where you would normally go out and think. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such a breathtaking to have other people's opinions as well. And like I say, um, and even though we don't always agree, it's about, like I say, being respectful and like I say, fair enough, being jokingly about it. But it's always nice to have, like I say, another view on something. Like I say, even mm-hmm. if it's not a new view, it's just like, say, having that kind of, connection as well it's it's what brings people together if i sound all sorry yeah <laughs> no if we if we all love the same things it would be a very um it would just be boring it yeah. really would i love open conversations about things that that i don't that like i don't necessarily like but i am more than willing to listen to you and if you can mm. if you can sell me on it then i will i will go for it brooklyn and 99 you, baby and i did it <laughs> and i finished it and I'm re-watching it again. Um, but yeah, I, I love these type of conversations because now you've got me hyped, Emily, to go and I want to go and read the books. I want to know more. And see, this is, this is why I love it. I love the fact that I can have a conversation with somebody. I think that I know what I'm like. I'm, I know my stuff. And then I speak to someone else. And I'm like, oh my God, I know absolutely nothing. I need, to, I need to go and get I need to go and get myself all logicked up again. I hate not knowing. Do you know what it is? That's my problem. I hate not knowing things. But no, it's it's interesting because, like I say, I always knew, like since like I've known Emily, uh, known how passionate she is about like say anything in pop culture, and like say when like say the fantasy elements come in, you always like say see a light up and stuff. So it was always interesting when this type of topic was going to come up. It was one of the first persons I thought about to, to get. If involved. you ever talk about Jim Henson films, I'm there. Uh, Labyrinth will, <laughs> Lab- Labyrinth will come up one day, don't worry. <laughs> and Dark Crystal, don't forget that. I'm still scared you know to watch what? You can do, Yeah, you can, do a, you can do a hard sale on that one because I've not seen Dark Crystal and it actually terrifies the life out of us. Oh, okay, that's, yeah. The, yeah, I'm, I'm quite, I probably did watch it as a kid, but as an adult, I, I can't re-watch it. I only watch Willow um, at the beginning of the year. I'm scared Martin. of that too. Mad I get it. The, ske- <laughs> the Skeksis are scary to look at. They are when you're a te- when you're a five year old kid as well. And you've not seen any aspects like this before. Dark, dark Crystal is very complicated and very dark. Uh, that's when, hence the name. <laughs> when you but when you think of Jim Henson, you think of Kermit mm-hmm. no, and Miss Piggy, yeah, and then you've got the then you've got oh Kitty Cat, yes, my kitten. <laughs> I'm so distracted. You look like my Beatrice. <laughs> Oh. oh no, she's gone. Never mind. <laughs> oh, black and white cat look like my Beatrice. Um, yeah, so you you think of like the, these light and fluffy characters, and then you see that, mm-hmm. and it's like, mm, I'm, I'm a bitch. definitely mm. two sides to Jim Henson. I love oh, it. Oh yeah, I think Jim Hen- Jim Henson's uh, responsible for a lot of uh, kids' nightmares and stuff, especially for the eighties and early nineties. It was a big aspect. A lot. Of... But he's even also the, even, even he's the Sesame also... Street was scary as well. <laughs> What? Oh, what Sesame Street was, were you watching? Sesame Street news was scary. <laughs> well, he also brought a lot of joy because the Muppets Christmas Carol is an absolute classic. Uh-huh. And it just brings me so much joy and happiness. So, yes, he, he had both sides to him. 
Yes. So are we are we going to round it, wrap it up? Yep. So oh, are we happy with the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna say like because we were talking about like everything is rewritten. Like we take so much inspiration now from Tolkien. Like yeah. he established what most people like depict elves as now mm-hmm. he established what dwarves are now seen as mm-hmm. also speaking of dwarves you know that he was a language expert and he mm-hmm. was a teacher in languages yeah. um so the plural for for a dwarf is dwarfs right with an with an fs but he, he hated it because it didn't make any sense because plurals in other things Mm-hmm. would be a v-e-s so he yes. was like why is it not dwarves so when he made the hobbit he purposefully put dwarves <laughs> and every time he sent um his um transcript or whatever it is to the copywriters to get it sorted for publishing they kept correcting it to dwarves and he was like no i want dwarves is that because that's how it's supposed to be so it was like he, that was his little rebellion in his book awesome. So. If you if you don't have Tolkien, you don't have the likes of George. And I, I'm not a massive into fantasy unless it is. Well, to be fair, without Tolkien, we don't have any fantasy elements, if you think about it. No, you're right. And I was just going to use George R. R. Martin as an example because he's the only one I know who's elaborated on a universe like Tolkien has. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, his inspiration is taken very differently. It's more, you know, English. It's more English history than it is mm-hmm. actually like made-up fantasy type. Um, but yeah, you don't have you don't have the likes of him mm-hmm. without Tolkien. He is an think, amazing. Think amazing of anything, fan. any any form of media like Skyrim takes a lot of inspiration from how certain creatures are depicted in mm-hmm. Tolkien's universe. You've got D and D. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. like they, they definitely have taken the concept of, of elves that Tolkien has established mm-hmm. and expanded on it and then made like different types of elves from that. And then they've mm-hmm. made the dwarves. Dwarves mm-hmm. are pretty much exactly how Tolkien described them in D&D. Yeah. Certainly. But yeah, again, I can say, I, I, I know I joke, I do love the films. I can say they're not me go-to. Um, I can say Return of the King I've always had issues with just because of the end and the way the end. I know it's got to tie up so much things, but I still, like, I always love the Clerks reference where it says it's just a film about walking and there is only one return and it's Return of the Jedi. So I'm just going to end there. <laughs> you have to get the Clerks, the clerks to bit in, but the, this, and I, I was thinking to myself, if he, if he brings this up, what's my answer to it? And it's, it's, this, it's what I said earlier. If all you're taking away from Lord of the Rings is walking, then you are not watching this so, film properly. No, but uh, that's me told. Like, see, I, again, <laughs> I, I, it's all, it's always interesting. Like, say, seeing other people's aspects and views on it, which again, totally get. I know why it, it means so much, and the passion comes from you two guys is, is, is absolutely amazing. But, um, but yes, um, I would love to say I was a huge fan. I would say I'm a fan, if that makes sense. Have we converted? I'll you? take Is that it. What you're singing? No, not yet. I've, I've okay. enjoyed. I've enjoyed the discussion, but I'm still like after watching it this week. It was a hard watch, and again, I did enjoy it, but I wasn't just in a, a rush. Beautiful watch for me. I just sit there and just I lavish in it. I'm just saying, I don't want this to end. I don't want to leave Rivendell. Uh, see, I want I, to sit and I, I want, want to, to be it. in that meeting. I want to be sat amongst them when he says, "You will be known as the Fellowship of the Rings." I want to be there. <laughs> 
let me be a part of it. <laughs> Just me and Emily standing in the background going, what's going on? <laughs> so we'll leave it there. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Emily. I know thank you, Emily. Thank you for having me. I know, you, I know your Friday night's normally your streaming night, so thank you for next year. Oh, taking with, oh that, I didn't know. You didn't say that. No. Sorry about it. Been, I wanted to do this. But, uh, yes. and we'll make sure, we'll we'll make sure all of Emily's details are down below as well. Get Thank on our streaming, you. get to our Etsy shop. That's fine. If you just send us a link, any, uh, like I say, a text with all the details, I'll, I'll make sure it's in the comments and everything. Mm -hmm. But yes, um, again, if anyone's listening, I hope you've enjoyed that as well. Like I said, it's been an interesting take, not just, like I say, a glorified love fest, which sometimes does happen. We normally do, yeah. <laughs> it's been just, it's, it's lovely being talking about something different that is not within, because obviously nerd is a very wide range and we have our specifics of what we love and it tends to be, comic books, Marvel, horror. DC, <laughs> horror, very lot of horror. Um, and it's just lovely to jump into something different mm -hmm. um, and, and have someone else to help me and back me up, but also have that different, that other, you know, some just someone other than Paul to tell me how crap this film is. Cause that's how I honestly thought today was gonna go, you know. I'm not that when we bad. said when we said we were going to do Lord of the Rings, I was like, "Great, I'm going to have to get the defense out. I'm going to have to, you know, get my statements ready." And then when he said someone else was joining us that was in that loved it, I was like, "I don't need to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Like someone to fight my corner." <laughs> exactly. To be, to be fair, I've learned through the last few years never argue with the welfare, so it's, it never ends well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yes, um, like I say again. Like I say, please follow us on our Facebook page, Nerdy Up North uh, Community. Like I say, the Instagram's taken off as well, Nerdy Up North. Um, follow us on YouTube, please. We're, uh, subscriptions are going up. We just went yep. over the 1,000, uh, 1, 150 uh, subscribers. Uh, <laughs> which thank, was... Yeah, and thank you everyone for the subscriptions. And also watching last week's, we, like last week was, I think, the funnest we have, like I, I love doing these podcasts, but last week was just unreal. Like the energy was just amazing and we were buzzing when we came off that one. So thank you everyone for watching that one. Sorry, Paul, go ahead. So again, please subscribe. Um, like I say, we're on uh, iTunes as well, Spotify. Just search Nerdy Up North. We're getting quite, a, like I say, decent. And we hit the 2,900 member mark on the Facebook group, which absolutely wow. blows my mind. I think we only started this seven months ago, which is just mental. But yes, uh, and again, like I say, remember tune in next week. Same bath time, same bath channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Emily. Bye. Bye. Bye.